All right, good morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Where is everybody? Somebody check the bathrooms, please. All right. Well, good morning. It's really good to be here. I'm sure there's going to be people trickling in, so don't stare at them when they come in, even though they're late, you know, not that we watch the watch. All right, let's, uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, it's just good to be here and uh, on this beautiful day, Lord. We just come before you and open our hearts and our minds and this building and these people, and just uh, we just come before you to worship you this morning and to hear from you, and uh, we just invite you into this place. We thank you, Lord, so much that we get to be in such a beautiful place and worship you freely. And just bless this morning. Amen. All right, would you guys stand with me? We're going to get started. So this next song we're going to do is a song that um, walks you through the Lord's Prayer. <coughs> and uh, 
It's one of my favorite songs. A bunch of us got together this week at Lead Worship and Play. We were talking about how this song is so good, and we all love it. But there's a lot of verses, <laughs> a lot of lines in it. So I'd encourage you guys to just bear with me and just think about each line as it washes over you and the truth in that. Um, and I think it'll, I know at least for me, it brings me closer to God. So The chorus goes like this. We'll start out the chorus. Your love is, your love is, your love is strong. Your love is, your love is, your love is strong. Your love is, your love is, your love is strong.
Somebody said thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Your grace is here with me. The richness of your beauty is all I see. The brightness of your glory. Thank you for um, all that you are, and thank you for <coughs> romancing us just in all the different ways that you do, and your beauty, and your nature, and your forgiveness, and your patience, and all that you do. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
Oh, good. Everybody sat down. Sometimes I forget to tell everyone to sit down, and then you're all just standing there staring at me while I do the announcements. <laughs> good morning. Um, we have connection cards on the chairs, and those are for you to go ahead and fill out. Um, that way you'll get uh, more connected with branches. You could get the emails um, that get sent out and reminders, as well as it's a place where you can put down your prayer requests. Or if you hear something up here and you're like, wow, I want to be a part of the kids' ministry or I want to be a part of a home group, if you write that on the connection card with your name and information, then I can follow up with you um, to make sure that you get whatever information you need. So that's a really um, important tool. So fill out a connection card. <laughs> um, we're going to do the offering, and that is where you can put your connection card once it's filled out. Or um, you can hand it to us at the back table if you don't get it filled out in time for the basket. We have a couple conferences coming up. I'm just going to um, just talk about them real quick. The parenting conference, there's flyers on the seats. And that is coming up um, really soon, actually. Uh, and it's local. It's in San Juan. So it is a really great opportunity um, for everyone to get a chance to be really intentional about parenting, which I know... Um, I'm excited to go to. So there's a marriage conference coming up in November, and there's flyers on the back table for that, and we'll give you more information as we get closer. But it's good to pre-register for that marriage conference um, because you get a really good rate at the Mission Inn Hotel and Spa um, with a pre-registration, and that is an awesome, awesome location to stay. Okay, so super important. Home groups are about to get started. Yay, home groups. We've been talking a lot about home groups. If you are interested in a home group and you're not a part of one yet, um, you haven't signed up, then um, there's a sign up at the back table. Also, if you're a part of a home group and you're like, wow, we're about to get started, where are our books? We have the books today. Yay. <laughs> so if you're a part of a home group and you would like to collect your books for your group that's going to get started um, next week, hopefully, then you can see me in the back, and I will give you however many books your group needs. Or um, you can touch base and let me know um, how many books you're going to need and when you want to pick them up. The feast is today, you guys. Um, please stay after service and eat with us. Uh, there's lots of good food, and it's really fun to get to hang out with each other and just have that time of fellowship. So my last order of business tried to go through it kind of quick since there was so much. If um, all the young men who are a part of La Casa could stand up so we could see who that is, just stand up where you're at, yeah. And I'm, <laughs> thank you. I'm going to invite Josh up and he's going to share with us today. Thanks, Josh. I'm not Josh. I know you thought he's one of the young guys, but no, no, I'm not. So this is Josh. He's the last of the four. You didn't seem very excited about it. He's the last of the four. So if you haven't been here, you have no clue what we're talking about, and well, that's your fault because you weren't here. But we have four guys that are moving into a house in San Juan, and they're moving into that house because as a church, we've been doing work in San Juan but it's not really work, we're just developing friendships with the neighbors there, but we live far away, and so we've got these guys, and we, we searched high and low and wide and found these guys, and it was pretty cool, one, one of the guys from Branches came up and said, um, where did you find these four guys? Like, they're like all-stars, like, seriously, where did we find them? I'm like, I know this sounds cliche, but we've been praying for a while, and so Josh is our last guy, so I want you to get to know him, so Josh, where are you originally from? I'm originally from San Diego. Uh, my parents and my niece are actually here today. They're right here. I drove up from San Diego today. <laughs> okay, so who drove the farthest in the family? Who came the, the longest distance? Let's see. Oh, well, Hope's actually from India. Oh, so. we'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> parents, you just lost. So, now that's a unique situation. So, why don't yep. you explain the family dynamic, okay. where so, you are in the family? Uh, my parents had me pretty late in life. My, my brothers are 18 and 22 years older than I am. So I always, so I always had uh, these examples in my life. My oldest brother has been a missionary in India with his wife and family since uh, before I was born. And uh, my middle brother is a pastor out in Texas. 
who's been doing that for many years now. So I've always had these examples of faith, not only in my parents, but my brothers too. And my cousins are in their 40s and 50s, and it's just all kind of different. Yeah. So did you hear that big breath? I don't know where it came from. Was it? Okay, I figured, I was going to say, when I heard the big breath, it's because there's somebody that has kids right now, yeah. and they're scared to death that 22 years later, they're going to, that's, that's what that was. We have a parenting conference coming out <laughs> for that. And we'll teach you all about how to avoid that. Um, but as your parents, I got to talk to your mom a little bit, you enjoyed it. So I don't think they regret it in the least. I hope not. Yeah, it's a good, good sign. So now, we, um, as we shared before, all of these guys, that wasn't a prerequisite, but it definitely was helpful to us to understand where their heart was. All four of these guys have left significant jobs, significant stability to move into this instability. Um, so, you know, you had your full-time job up in Concordia, a nice, settled, comfortable job. Everything was beautiful. And... Now you're moving away from that. You quit that job. Yeah. And, of course, they're like, why? Why are you quitting? And you're like, well, I can't explain it. And then you left. <laughs> and here you are. So why? Why do all that? Um, so I, I uh, had the opportunity the last couple of years to um, travel a lot and, and go on short-term mission trips all over the world. And uh, on those short-term mission trips, there's just this intentionality about it. The, the people you're with, you're with you know, pretty much 24 hours a day, and your soul job is to go and meet people, to go and serve people, to go and love people. And I just got back from a long trip uh, last December, and I'm thinking, you know, okay, it's time to start real life, whatever that means. And uh, so, you know, I was in an apartment with some of my best friends. I got this full-time job at the school I graduated from, and it was just all kind of building towards what I thought real life was supposed to be. Uh, but I realized that there's this thing in my heart that I need to continue that intentionality. I, I need to continue to live in a place and with a purpose to simply love people. And of course I could do that with a job and living in the apartment, but um, there was this opportunity to, to go and do that as my role. And, and um, I feel like I'm called to that, even though Boog had to ask a couple times to, for me to actually hear that. Um, I, I do feel like I'm called to that, and uh, I'm really excited about that. Actually, so I, I did quit the job up at Concordia, and uh, I just joined Young Life to also minister with, to also minister uh, with some of the same kids that will be in the neighborhood. They'll be going to the high school I'll be ministering at as well. So it's all just kind of building towards this. Every hour I, I have is going to be spent just meeting people and, and learning about them and, and them loving on me and me loving on them and all that fun stuff. So, yeah. Okay, last one. What are, what do you hope happens and what are you afraid happens? Um, so something you actually said, because um, he actually knows some people in the neighborhood. I don't know anybody there yet. We haven't moved in yet. Uh, but something that he said was once, once things get going, once you build these relationships, especially with the kids, especially with the adolescents, um, there's going to be this problem that you have where they'll just always want to come in. And you're going to need an open close sign on your door so that they know when to not come in. And I really hope that happens. I really hope that people are just knocking down this door to come in and, and just spend time uh, for whatever reason. If it's a crisis, if it's they want to share a new joy that they have, wh whatever that is, I, I really do hope that that happens. Uh, something that I'm afraid of happening is for us to be um, intentional in some areas, but complacent in others. So uh, in San Juan, as you might know, uh, there's you know this neighborhood that we're going to move into with, with these people who uh, I guess are, are most visibly in need. But then right up the hill, there's people in multi-million dollar homes who have the same spiritual needs. As, as these other people do. And this high school I'll be working at, San Juan Hills, will be both. And, and so I'm hoping that in trying to be intentional with one group of people, we don't become complacent or, or ignorant of the other group that also needs Christ, that also needs our love. So, yeah. Awesome. Cool. Thanks, Josh. Yeah. I want you guys to know that um, the most likely the plan is they're moving in this week and uh, they're four guys 
but they have their own registry. Isn't that cute? Um, because this is a community center. They didn't actually ask for the registry. We created it because the thing is, it's like a community center. There's going to be people coming in and out of there. And so as we talked about, I mean, these guys, I'm sure, have great style, but they are four single guys. And you can imagine what that would look like with the posters. and the. So um, we've asked uh, from Branches, one of our interior designers, just to say, hey, can you come up with a general plan? And so they've mixed and matched furniture they have. And then, of course, everybody wants to donate furniture, which is great. So we all have that going. Um, you, can, you can send an email with a picture of what you want to donate to info at lacasaoc.com. Okay, info at lacasaoc.com. And you know how sometimes you don't know, do I put .com or .org? doesn't matter. They both come to us. But I'm just telling you now, we probably won't get back to you. The reason is, is because we're not going to accept very much. It just has to go with whatever's going in that main living room and the outside space and in the dining room. But I do know this. I don't think these guys have any kitchen utensils whatsoever, right? Like, have you guys ever cooked? Yeah, Joe's laughing, so that means no. So those don't have to match. A fork is a fork is a fork. But if you want to donate, you can. And then after that, then we'll, whatever's missing, then we'll see if we can get it donated at the registry. So since you just went through the wedding season, you know how this works. Um, what I'd like to do right now is have you guys stand up. You're all nervous what's going to come next, aren't you? If you want, you can just sit down or you can greet the people next to you. Me personally, sometimes I just like to sit down and not talk to anybody, so go, go the route you want. This one. <laughs> there's the. Um, there's the uh, stuff down there. And here's this for your fingers. I remember that. I'll I'll hold it up and then I'll hand it to you. So I got it right here. So I got this right here and then I'll explain it and then I'll hand it to you. Pardon me. No, 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 it's just the very end. Okay. You're going to need some Bibles because we like to use those. If you don't have one, we can give you one. We're going we're gonna to start. We're going to start. Okay. We're going to start in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. Okay, so this... Um, are the new books that came in for the home groups. So this is the third series. We've been going through, this is part of an entire series that we wanted to take all the church through. Um, it is, well, it's an apprenticeship series, which is another way to say discipleship. But when you say discipleship, sometimes all these things go into your mind. Another way to say apprenticeship is to be a student. And so Jesus had students. He had his... 12 students, then he had his uh, 150 students, and then he had all the large group of students. He had his even three closest students, but they're all students. They're apprentices. They're disciples. But here's something that's really important for us to remember is that he intended for us to do life together. When we walk with Christ, you don't walk alone. You walk in community, and that's how he intended it to be. And that's why we've gone through each of these with the hope and the intention that you would go through it in a group. 
Now, we know how scary it is sometimes to jump into a home group because you might not have been in one before. And anytime you want to do something that you've never done before, it's a scary deal. Um, for example, if I take my boys surfing to a new spot, it could be the most easy, relaxed spot. Way easier than other waves they may ride, but because it's new, it's scary. And, every, and their, their antennas are up, ev- they're very aware, all their senses are heightened. And so when you think of a home group, it's a new thing, you're like, ah. But here's the hope. Okay, so these books are in the back. We want each of the groups uh, to have one person from your group, please just one, so that you don't take 50 books, because uh, five people took one for your group. But the hope is, is that you would go through this as a group. Um, and let's say you're not in a home group, and you're thinking, okay, I hear you telling me to be in a home group. I've heard everyone say how amazing it is. I'm not doing it. I'm not going to tell you that. I'm just going to nod and smile. You might even ask me. I'm like, oh, that's a great idea, but I don't really mean it. So what we're going to ask you to do is this. Don't let that get in the way. Get a group of people together. Maybe you're dating somebody. Maybe you're married to somebody. Grab the books, pay for them, and go through them together. And you know what? If you're like, but I really want to go through the book but I don't have the money. You know what? Take it. As long as you promise to go through it together with somebody else. This is not intended to be done alone. This is meant to be done together. And the last one, the last series that we're going through is the Good and Beautiful Community. And the reason it's called the Good and Beautiful Community is because we're going to talk about how we're supposed to be as a people. How are we supposed to be together? It's not pushing, saying, you need to be in community. It's saying, look, this is how the community you're in supposed to be. And so we're going to talk this morning about who we ought to be. So I'm driving my kids to school, drop them off, and then I'm heading to a meeting. As I'm driving, I see this person, and this person to me represents to a large degree who we ought to be. I don't know this person. I'm driving uh, north on PCH from San Clemente. I'm heading up towards Dana Point, and I'm in that slide zone. If you've been here for a while, you know what I'm talking about. We're Stuff just falls off the cliff, houses, mud, whatever. And I'm driving there. You guys do know, by the way, that's not real mud anymore. That's all fake. I don't know if you knew that. So you're driving, and I see this lady crossing the street. So the light comes on uh, with that ridiculously steep hill, and then you can go over into Capo Beach. And I'm sitting there at the light, and I can see her walking across, and there's the cars coming towards me in the two lanes opposite. And they're stopped. And she walks in front of the one car, and she's like, and that person's like, Hi, I'm like, oh, that's so cool. She knows that person. And they're like catching up. And then she walks to the next person and waves at them. I'm like, no, no, that, no. She, and that person kind of went like this, you know? So then I realized she didn't know the first lady. She just was being that person. In fact, there's a guy that comes here sometimes and walks and does his walk. And like when he walks by, he wants to talk to you. Now, he's not the weird guy that wants to talk to you. He's just the, hey, how you doing today? And he really wants to know how you're doing. Hey, I'm doing great. Are you really? Yeah. And he does it to every single person. Weird, right? That's who we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be weird. That doesn't mean that you have to wave at everybody you see. It doesn't mean you need to stop and shake everybody. Hey, how you doing today? And you don't need to always be happy. But we have to be different. That's who people that follow Christ are. We're We're weird. Now, in this book, there's different chapters. I'm not going to copy the chapters. I mean, you're going through the book, right? There's no reason for me to repeat what's in there. What I'm going to do is pull out a couple verses and highlight those verses, and we'll focus on it so you hear it from different angles. So um, James Ryan Smith, or he calls himself Jim, but it you know, looks way cooler on a book to say you're James Brian Smith. But Jim, um, he presents it one way. I'm going to present it a different way. It's still the same message, but said a different way. So this is the verse that um, he looked at, and this is a powerful verse, and most of us have this part of it, either we know it or we have it memorized. If you haven't started memorizing scripture, I really want to encourage you to do it. It is, it's the word of God, right? To put it on your heart. We talked about putting it on the outside of your heart, so when your heart breaks, it falls in. For it is by grace you have been saved. Through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it's the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Completely true. We talked about that in the Good and Beautiful God, the first series, that we don't have to earn God's approval. We belong to Him. We are His children. You don't need to do a bunch of things to be saved. Christ is the one that did the saving work. God Himself sent His only Son 
and gave us the gift of his death and then his resurrection. We don't have to do anything to earn this salvation, but what often happens is we stop there. We stop at verse 9 and we just stop there, and then we don't get the fullness of who we're supposed to be. So let's go and add the next verse on there. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves. It's the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. And then for, and if you're going to put the word for there, that means you need to look and see why it's there for. So you, need, you can't take out verses 8 and 9, but you can't take out verse 10 either, which I've highlighted for you. For we are God's handiwork. Another way to say that is um, uh, masterpiece. It's actually just saying uh, the word poie means to be made and the thing that was made. So the thing that was made. We were the thing that was made by God. We were created by God. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works. And that word good works means good works. Which God prepared in advance for us to do. This is who we ought to be. And when you know who created you, and you know where you came from, then you know who you are. And you know what you were made to do. And you know what I'm talking about? Like when you're, some of you are in a stage of life, or you've been in a stage of life, or you're going to reach a stage of life where you know something's missing. You're like, I, I was just talking to my friend from Africa, and he's hiring someone who's the marketing director for like Versace. All the girls' eyes just went, whoop. And so he works for them, and he's like, you know what, I got to leave this because something's not right. I, I'm, I'm not doing what I was made to do. And I want to work with you, Jake, and I want to work with Nu. I think this is what I want to do. I want to make a difference. So this is what he wants to do. Where did that come from? Where does that itch arise from? Um, my brother, uh, when I was in college, started to get that itch. He got kind of a... Well, he calls me up uh, at my house, and he says, hey, I'm going to call Dad. I'm going to ask him for a blood test. I'm going to go, what? I'm going to ask Dad for a blood test because he's not my dad. I'm like, are you serious? Yeah, Papa, that was my stepdad. So when, like, I was three, my dad, my uh, feet, um, feet, going through all the list of boys I know, my brother, Kirk, was, like, under one. So... My dad left, and then this man was hanging out at our house all the time. Um, and he was the one that got me into sports, and he was an influence in our life, and then he just left. So we have nowhere where this, we have no idea where this guy is. Victor Cortez is his name. So uh, Victor Cortez leaves. We called him Papa, and he goes, Kurt goes, Papa, he's my dad. I know it. I talked to Grandma, I, I just know, and I'm like, what? I never even considered this before. But as I step back, I'm like, you're right. You're Mexican. I know, I know I should know these things. You'd think he'd figure this out, but like it just never clicked to us before. When we were younger, he had blonde hair, you know, and all this stuff. But like, like if you see him right now, he's like, he's my Latino brother. And so he asked my dad for the blood test and all this stuff. And we, and we ended up finding out that, well, he met, my dad's like, I'm not doing any blood tests because that's my son. So it turns out, I mean, you can figure out what happened. I don't need to spell this out for you. But the point is, is that my brother started to have that itch going, but who am I? Like someone that's adopted. Like, where are my real parents? I need to know more about myself. I want to know who I am. Because if I can find or if I can figure out who my dad is or who my mom is or who my parents are or what country I was from or where I was descended from, if I can figure that out, then I'll know who I am and who I'm supposed to be. No. And this is what... I told my brother, in essence, I said, you know what, wow, it's kind of weird, isn't it? Like, it's that, that whole thing, like, wow, you're, we got the same mom and different dad. But that's not who you are, man. It doesn't matter who my dad is. That doesn't define who I am. You need to know who actually created you. Our parents just made babies. They didn't create us. God is the one that creates. You're from him. You belong to him. And if you want to know who you ought to be, you need to look to him. And this verse, verse 10, says exactly that. For we are God's handiwork. Kurt, you are God's masterpiece. Created in Christ Jesus. And you want to know what you're here on this earth to do? You're here to do good works. You don't need to do these works so that you can be saved. That's a done deal. Christ did that for you. You just need to accept that gift. But this is who you are. 
This is what you were meant to do. God prepared this in advance for us. That's who we're supposed to be. When Josh was up here and he was talking about traveling around the world, it reminded me of this. Like he just talked about as he traveled, there was something that like came alive inside of him. That understanding like, yeah, this is right. You know when you like do something generous for someone or you do some good deed, which means just some kind of work that you know is good. Nobody has to explain it to you. Just in your soul, you know it was the right thing to do. Even if it hurts, even if it causes you pain, or if there's some kickback from it, there's that sense of just, I'm alive now. I did what I was supposed to do. This happens all the time with people that have gone on the mission field. They may just go for a week or two. Uh, people that went to Africa, like people that went with us to Malawi and the work that we do there, they just, man, Malawi's a special place. It's just so beautiful and like, God is alive there. Here's the reality. God, you saw him. You, you became alive because you went giving yourself away to serve. Malawi is not any more special than right here in Dana Point or in San Juan or San Clemente or in Ladera or in Mission Viejo or in Arizona or Nebraska or any other place I mentioned. But you start to realize he's there. You begin to come alive when you take your place and become the fullness of who God created you to be. And complete those good works. Because the problem is, is that so often we just think, if I know the right things, I'm good. No, 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 no. You are missing out. It's like you did the first step, but you missed the fullness of, of, the, of the evolution, of the nature of what's supposed to happen. It's our faith. And as we move in that faith, then these good works come out. And then we see the fullness of what God intended. We become his masterpiece more and more. We become more what he prepared in advance for us to do. And as a church, that's who we need to be. Not just individually. Remember, we're going to keep talking about us in community. This is who we need to be as a people. For example, I talked about that guy that walked up and down. I wonder, and I've asked, what do people think about us? Think about it. Are we just the people that take up all the parking spaces when people want to come in and paddle? Who are we? When, when the AA group is leaving and we're coming in, like, what do they think of us? Like, ugh. Or are they like, wow, those people bring light. They're good people. In fact, I saw them do this. I saw this. I saw this. I saw that. Is it coming out of us? Like, who are we? I've heard this said about churches, and this is what rings in my head. Like, if you want to know the health of who we are, the health meaning are we who God created us to be, Let's imagine branches doesn't exist anymore. Is anybody going to miss us? Is anybody going to say, oh my gosh, remember all the great stuff they used to do for the kids? We need somebody else to do that. Remember how they would like invite families and they do these monthly night things and they'd go on these trips and they'd take them on these camps? Somebody needs to do that. Remember that group that used to like come into the neighborhood and they would like, they moved those four weird dudes in that had the really nice living room. Remember that? Like, where did those guys go? Wasn't that cool? Or, well, I can just keep going and on. But the point is, who are we? Or are we just people who go, yeah, we believe this. Let's sing some songs and we're right out of here. Like, we're incomplete. We're not alive. In fact, I want to look at that verse right now. James chapter 2. So, what we read in Ephesians was from Paul. He's talking to this little group of people in Ephesus, a group smaller than us, by the way. Um, and here James is uh, sharing in his own words, different from Paul's. He says, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if people claim to have faith but have no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, hey, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? Or another way, says that you didn't do anything. In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by actions, is dead. Now, the beauty is, is, is that you have to have faith, but the deeds go with it. You can't. So someone may say, well, I have faith. And someone else may say, well, I have deeds. And as it says in here, yeah, but you know what? I will show you my faith by my deeds because it's, it's the fruit of that faith. It comes out. As we talk about what our mission is here at Branches, it's changed lives. 
It's that lives would be changed. Not just adults, not just teenagers, not just children. Lives. And that's going to come because as we're in Christ, then we're set free on how we're supposed to love each other, and then we learn how to love our neighbor. It just, it's a natural flow. As we abide in the vine, then he will bear the fruit, fruit out of us, his branches. That's his intent. And yet, if you're wondering, what is that little itching thing in your life? Sometimes you're like, there's something missing. It's because you were meant for something more. You weren't meant to just believe. You weren't meant just to sit and live. You weren't just meant to be comfortable. I mean, Josh was kind of sharing his story. He's like, wait a minute. Something's missing. That doesn't mean everybody has to move into a house in San Juan. But there's that sense of you understanding who you are and what you were meant to do and living for that purpose. Whatever your job is, are you doing it to create goodness? Are you doing it to bless other people? All of our jobs can do that. There's not one job that's better than another. But if you can't figure out how your job is blessing other people, then you need to get a new job. But more importantly, it's probably you just need to look at your heart. I remember my friend was a financial planner. And he's like, I just need to get out of this. I need to make a difference. I'm like, are you kidding me? Do you know how much of a gift you are? I mean, you're like the, you're like the Jerry Maguire of, like, financial planners. Like, people can come to you who are financial messes, and you get to sit with them and help them. They know they can trust you. They know they can look to you. My heater died, and I've been putting it off. Well, it's winter coming, and I don't want to be that dad. Dad, why is it so cold in our house? And so I've been putting money aside, and you're calling everybody, like, who should I call? Who should I call? And there's this one guy that I know I can trust. He's come from other people. I've seen him outside. It's such a good thing to know I can come to this guy and know I can trust him. And this guy actually values what he does. He's like, you know what? No, I like to do this. I'm good with my hands, and I love knowing that I can come in and create this for someone and bless them. Yeah, it's my job, but I'm not, getting, I'm not a gazillionaire from it. He's like, the point is I'm here to do this to love people. He didn't, he didn't give me that exact speech. But I've been with him enough to know that. Um, I got a mechanic, a mechanic that I'm with all the time. And I get, he's done so much stuff on my car for free. Like something will break off and he puts it on and he goes, you don't need it. I'm not going to charge you for that. Not. Every time I'm with him, not, trust me, he's charged me. I pretty much built a whole wing onto his place. But the point is, is that he does it to serve people. Your faith is supposed to evolve. And we always finish early on the last Sunday of the month on purpose because we want you to not go, oh, well, it went long. I got places to be. So we're going to finish early so that you can go and eat all this food. Um, and I do want to encourage you to go out and eat all that food and bring your chair with you because one of the most difficult things that we have to do at the end is find out to do with what to do with the leftover food. Please do not burden us with trying to figure out what to do with the leftover food. You take it, give it away, or you eat it. You stuff your face, but let's make sure there's no food left over. So to do that, I want to close right now, and I want to invite up my friend Kyle, um, who's going to explain this. Well, he's not going to explain it with words. He's going to do it. He just got really nervous. He's got, do you have a heart attack? Um, so this is solar red. We talk about that verse that just totally disappeared, um, that faith without works is dead. So this is solar res. And it's a gift to all surfers around the world. Um, because the way you used to have to fix your board is, is you would take, uh, well, I won't bore you the details, but you put this cloth on, then you put this uh, other material on, and then you have this catalyst that you add. And it's like such a process that some people just put duct tape on their boards because they didn't want to deal with it. So then for us lazy people, we got Solaris. Now, this is my son's board. Um, he has not realized the value of taking care of these boards yet. So it has cuts and dings all over it. And in fact, it has all these other kind of pressure dings on the top because they shoved it into his friend's car and then shoved chairs in. And like, it's his job to take care of this, but he doesn't get it. So, but this solar res is amazing because no matter what the cuts are, no matter what the damage is, you can pour this stuff into the hole. So he's pouring it into the little hole and then you take the cellophane, you put it on the outside so you can make sure it shapes in there, right? Because otherwise you have a glob. So imagine you take a big thing of gum and you shove it on there like you want to flatten it, right? Well, this is a little bit uh, more pliable than gum. So you take that uh, cellophane, you wrap it around the solar res, and then you leave it there. So he's doing a couple dings. This is like free ding repair. Could you help me with this message with the word of God? And now he's fixing the dings on our board. 
Uh, appreciate it. But here's the thing. If I touch this, it's soft. It's not hardened. It's incomplete because that's not what solar resin is designed to do. It has the word solar in it for a reason. Because what's amazing is, is that if we just left this here and you came up and touched it, it would just stay soft and incomplete. Not meant to do what it was supposed to do because it was meant to go out into the light. So when you take this board now, once it's all the way you want it, then you take it out into the sun. And once it's in the sun, it takes like five minutes or so, and then it starts to like harden right away. Because the catalyst, what causes the change is that it's brought out into the light. And I have us doing this not only to get free ding repair, but also because I want us to look at this verse again here in James 2.17. In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Faith was intended to be brought out into the light. Because here's the thing, you're going to be stuck in some opportunities for good deeds and it's going to scare the heck out of you. And you need to know, do I really believe what I believe? Is God really going to show up? And you're not going to know until you put yourself out there. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the good deeds you can do at the very end. Uh, um, we're going to do one song of prayer, and then uh, I'm going to come up and close this. But I want to leave you with this verse, and it's not going to go up there. It's Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, and it says this. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to, to open it up to that, Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. But more importantly, I want you as groups, I want you as individuals to remember this. Because it says this in Hebrews 10, 24, and then 25. It says, let us not stop meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Because that's the truth, isn't it? This was way back in the day, right? Like this is a very old letter to the Hebrews. In the first hundred years after Christ died. So there it is, boom, there's, there's that letter. And even then, they were in the habit of stopping to meeting together, coming up with excuses to not to be together, excuses not to come to church with each other, excuses not to meet in each other's homes, excuses, I got in a conflict, forget that person, and you're done. And yet, he says, I urge you, let us not stop meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing. Habit, it's something you do over and over again. In the habit of not meeting together. But do this, stir one another on to love and good deeds. To live this faith out, to have this action, to have this come out of our life, to bring us to the completion that we were created for. This solar res was designed to harden. You were designed for so much more. And if we just stop at believing the right things and not living this out, and especially not living it together, we're incomplete. And we were meant to do this together. And the way that this actually comes out is by us being together. I, I'm, as I'm saying that, I've just made eye contact with someone that's very dear to me. And I've seen his life completely transform over the past four years because he said, okay, we can have home group at my house. Why? Why at your house? Because if it's at my house, that means I'll actually be there. Because he would never show otherwise. Because he's in the habit of not meeting together. He was worried about what he was going to miss. And that community and them all looking at Christ together, that, that striving together, they pushed him and stirred him to love and to good deeds. Right, Jojo? <laughs> this is not just stuff we read. This is real life. So I'm going to bring the band back up. And um, I'm going to ask them while they're coming up if they could change the song they're going to do. I know what you're thinking. Are we going to do Bon Jovi's Dead or Alive? No. <laughs> Although Tyler and I did kick that idea around. Um, the song uh, that I'd love, T, if we could do is um, the Divine Romance again. Okay. Because there's some lines in there. Uh, it talks about, um, I lift my heart and my hands. You know, we think of, does that mean I have to raise my hands in church? No, like. It means this, I raise my heart to you, my faith, and I give you my hands. So if we could all stand and um, this will be our song together and then I'll come up and close this.
So we talked about being students, so every, at the end of every service, at these nine weeks, we're going to give you homework, because we're students, we're disciples, we're apprentices. So um, we're stealing this from the book, because there's some good ones. This is called the two by four, okay, so here you go. This week, set aside two hours to spend with the Lord, okay, some of you just fell out of your chair, like, two hours at the same time, how would I ever do it? Break that up however you want. Some of the superheroes here, you can go for two hours straight. Uh, some of you might do two at an hour. Some of you may decide to do, I'm going to do 15 minutes a day. I don't know if that adds up, but figure it out. You can do the math however you want. It can look different ways. In fact, I, um, one of the ways you can do it is even here on a Sunday morning. But here's the deal. We know that sometimes we can come here on a Sunday morning, and we're not coming with the intention of having an encounter with the living God. But you come and you, you choose, you know what, during that time, I'm going to set myself aside the entire time fully for him. And so that could be, that could be some of your time. Um, 
It could be going for a walk with worship music. It could be going for a walk with music that leads you to God. Because I do that sometimes with David Wilcox. I'm just like, oh, this is so good. Um, I don't know if Led Zeppelin fits in there. We'll, you figure that out with your heart. But with the Lord, walk. If you're going to do that, you need to do dead or alive. Don't be just busting out little riffs. You throw some John Bon Jovi or you don't do that at all. Okay, so that's the two. And here's the four. You need to be weird four times. Okay, you can do it one day and get all out of the way. This is harder than you think. But do something peculiar like you could do. Like the lady. Why don't you just choose like, I'm going to walk and I'm going to wave at everybody. Or you could do the handshaking thing. Or here's some stuff that came on Facebook and some other ones. Take someone's car to the car wash. Um, I almost did this for my neighbor yesterday. He was the neighbor that doesn't like me. He was uh, cleaning his, his rims and I had to be somewhere. I was like, I should go clean his rims right now. But I had to be somewhere... And I think I was using that as an excuse because if I didn't have something to do, I don't know if I would have done that. But that would be an example. Um, dump run. You take a dump run to take stuff to the actual dump. I know that sounded weird when I just said that. Sorry. <laughs> take your car to fill with things that need to be taken out to the dump. And you could take someone else's stuff. Like go around your neighbor. In fact, um, this is one of my favorite stories because Dennis Fort will never come up here and talk till I talk for him. He goes and his son told me he'll get an aerator for his yard. And he'll just tell all his neighbors when he's getting it. And then he goes, hey, if you want me to do your yard, I got it out. I'm just going to go do it. And he'll just do all his neighbors. Um, dance in front of other people. You want to make them laugh? I dare you. Buy coffee for someone that you don't know uh, that's behind you. You walk through one of those drive through things. Buy something for someone behind you. Let someone get in front of you in line when you're in a hurry. Uh, take care of your friend's kids so the parents can have a date without having to pay for babysitting. Um... Go to garage sales and overpay for items that you buy. I could go on and on and on. I'm sure you can figure this out. But the point is, two by four, it's to give us homework, to train us. That's what the spiritual disciplines are. They're things that we need to train ourselves to do. Okay, so uh, this is what we're going to do now. Please take your chairs, um, walk them out, put them by there. The food, we'll get those out at five, at five after. We're going to start cleaning up out there. So... Um, just so everybody knows, when you see stuff moving at five after, that's because we're cleaning up. So if you want to escape and you can't eat because you have to go somewhere, we understand. But head out that way anyways, and you can escape out those ways. Oh, my God. Hey, you see her sitting. 